Ever wonder if your probiotics are really working for you? To fully benefit from probiotics, you need to ensure they're not destroyed by your stomach acids. Clinical studies prove that enteric coating guarantees safe intestinal delivery of live active probiotic cells. New Roots Herbal offers a variety of enteric coated probiotics formulated to meet your specific needs. Available exclusively at fine health food stores. Find them in the refrigerated section. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. You're listening to an interview taken from the Tonic Talk Show and Podcast. My next guest, naturopathic Dr. Philip Rochadis, graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2004, preceded by an honors undergraduate degree and master's of science degree, both in nutritional sciences from the University of Guelph. Philip practices in the Bolton Naturopathic Clinic in Bolton, Ontario, with his wife, Dr. Heidi Fritz. Philip's areas of clinical focus include mental health, autoimmune disease, and metabolic syndrome. He also serves as an associate professor at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, responsible for delivery of the second-year curriculum in clinical nutrition. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I am wonderful, Jamie. Thanks for having me. It's a treat to be here. So, you know, boo to COVID. We're through it. We don't want to talk about it anymore, but there are some spin-off effects that impact our health, and I'm hopeful that today's conversation will help everybody sort of move forward with their health. Are you with me? I am. So let's talk a bit about probiotics, all right? It's a topic I love. We could spend days and days on it. They are fascinating little organisms. These are live bacteria. There's many different types of them, many species that live throughout our digestive tract. A neat little factoid we have 10 times more bacteria living in our intestines than we have cells in our body. It's just a phenomenal concept to try to wrap our heads around. And these little guys interact very intimately with our bodies. And every day we're learning more and more about how they impact human health. Yeah, because it's more expansive than we might think. I mean, we're going to be focusing obviously on how probiotics help you digest and get the nutrients into you. But the picture is so much bigger than that. Yeah. The list of common health concerns that are positively impacted by probiotics is, again, almost insurmountable. So let's talk about them. Like, What are the health benefits of taking probiotics? The one that we all think of first, I think, is digestion. We know that for a wide array of digestive issues from the mild, meaning maybe IBS or constipation to the very severe, like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, we have multiple, multiple human studies that show probiotics really help these things. But when we really dive just a little deeper, what they're doing is they are, I think a lot of people are familiar with the concept that most of our immune system lives in our gut. And that is very true. And the part of the gut that our immune system resides in is the small intestine. So we've got quite a few of these bugs, billions of them, living in our small intestine. And they are very intimately interacting with our immune system there. And what they're doing, the, the fancy word is tolerance. So I, I explain it like, well, what is seasonal allergy? Pollen and grass and ragweed are normal inhabitants of the environment. But you walk out your front door, these things are in the air, and you immunologically react to them. That means you have lost tolerance. You are immunologically reacting to something that you're not supposed to. These bugs interacting with our immune system in our small intestine help achieve and maintain tolerance. They're basically telling the immune system, hey, I'm foreign, I'm a bacteria, I'm not a human cell, yet it's okay that I'm here, calm down, don't react. And in doing that, when this is out of whack, 
the list of diseases that is then induced, again, is an insurmountable list. So if we're not in balance, why do these illnesses come forward? Is it that our body is attacking those illnesses or is it that it's susceptible to those illnesses? What's happening? It, essentially, the bugs interacting with the immune system calm it down. They tell it that a certain level of foreign substance is kind of acceptable. Okay. When you lose that tolerance, now the immune system starts to attack itself, starts to attack its own tissues. So an out-of-balance microbiome, that's what we call this population of bugs living in our intestine, the microbiome, an out-of-balance microbiome directly contributes to processes like arthritis, to inflammatory bowel disease, even to things like chronic headache. And then the list of skin ailments, eczema, psoriasis, acne, okay? And then next, many people have heard the phrase that your gut is like your second brain. Mm -hmm. You actually have more serotonin in your gut than you do in your brain. Well, lo and behold, we now realize that probiotics also have a very profound effect on mental health. And there are now multiple studies showing that if you start taking a probiotic, mood improves. You feel less anxious. And that's the sort of gut-brain connection. So it's this panacea of impact that they have. And if I can go on for one more moment, sure. I've made it sound like they slow immunity down. That's not accurate. They do something almost miraculous. They, On the one hand, they shut down subsets of immunity that would drive autoimmune disease. Yet at the exact same time, they're able to ramp up other subsets of immunity that help us fight infection. So you were hoping for a bit of a COVID link. I won't quite go there. We don't have data on COVID yet. Right. But we then have this huge slew of human studies showing that, hey, if you take a probiotic, you're less likely to get a cold or flu. And if you do get it, you recover much quicker. So on the one hand, they're shutting down autoimmunity, yet at the same time, they're ramping up our ability to go fight infections. It's really remarkable. I mean, obviously, humans have been living with this bacteria in their in our guts for, you know, for as long as we've been around. So if that's true, you know, can't we just get enough of these good bugs in our tummy through our diet and our normal life? Many foods can certainly help contribute to a more appropriate probiotic environment. Okay. Uh, probiotic containing foods include things like yogurt, sauerkraut, anything fermented. Yep. People are shocked to hear olives. Olives contain probiotics. And perhaps even more importantly is the way we eat influences what we call it prebiotics. So the food we eat becomes food for these bugs. Yes. And it's clear, really clearly been shown that if you live on, a, let's say, a fast food-based diet, the standard American diet, that really causes havoc to this microbiome, these populations of bacteria. Whereas if you eat a diet very rich in vegetables and fruit, that has a very important prebiotic effect, and that really encourages this healthy balance of populations in our gut. All right, let's circle back to probiotics and those that you would take by way of supplement. So if I were to go and look for them in the market, I would see something on the bottles and the boxes which refer to CFU. So what are CFU and why are they important? So again, we're talking about live bacteria. CFU stands for colony forming units. It's basically a count of how many of these bacteria are present in this particular product that you're looking at. It is a very important number. We're basically on the topic now of dose. So a really standard 
adult dose for a probiotic would be 10, maybe 20 billion a day. Hmm. Now, I know that number sounds astronomical, but keep it in context of in our small intestine, where most of this magic is happening, we have 10 to 100 billion bugs living there. Hmm. So if I go take 10 or 20 in a pill, I am going to have a very important, significant effect on that population of microbes. Then people say, but, but there's ones out there that are 50 billion, 100 billion, 120 billion. Like, when would I want to use one of those? Mm-hmm. You got 10 to 100 billion in your small intestine. That's where most of the action is happening. That's what you want to impact. On occasion, you really want that probiotic not necessarily to impact your small intestine, but to also impact your colon. Your colon has 10 to 100 trillion. It's a crazy number. That's how many live there. So usually we're taking a probiotic to influence the small intestine, which is where 10 to 100 billion live. So if I take 10 billion or 20 billion, I'm going to have a really significant effect on the small intestine. If I want to impact the colon, I now need to start looking at much larger doses of probiotic because now this pill I'm taking, I want it to have an impact in a population that's 10 to 100 trillion. 10 billion isn't going to do that much to your colon. So when you know you have a problem in the colon, like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, also considered you want to think higher dose when we're thinking of like recovery from a prescription of antibiotics. Those are times when you might want to reserve the very high dose probiotics for. Okay. But again, just quickly, what is the dosage we should look for in the normal course if we're just looking to affect the The typical one that we are dispensing in our practice is 10 to 20 billion. I think the one we use is actually 11 billion on the nose. But anywhere in that range, I think people will be grabbing themselves something that's going to have an important clinical outcome. All right. So there are probiotics and then there are probiotics. What's the most effective form of probiotic? There's a few things to look at, and the industry can be a tough place to navigate. I feel sorry for the consumer that walks into a health food store, stands in front of a fridge or a wall, and, you know, hey, I want probiotics, and you're just overwhelmed by all the different things that you see. So, number one, I would say you want one that has multiple strains of probiotic. These are live bacteria. I think there's something like close to a 1,000 different species of bacteria living in your gut. You want to take one that has 10, 11, 15, 20 different types of bacteria in it, so multi-strain. Number two, there has been a push in recent years, the concept of shelf-stable probiotics, and I'm very much opposed to that. You want to get a probiotic that's in a fridge. There are a few species of probiotic that can survive at room temperature, but most can't, and they degrade very quickly. Uh, Bifidobacteria, a really important type of probiotic, within 30 days at room temperature, they're all dead. Hmm. So multi-strain, really important. You want one that's in a fridge. And then this is getting a little more high-tech, but you want one to be something that's called enteric-coated. So what that means is, or let me backtrack. These are live bacteria. The pH of your stomach, your stomach is so acidic. Like the little joke I make is if you put your hand in your stomach, you wouldn't have a hand left when you take it out. Mm -hmm. The acidic environment of your stomach is really, really just, it's very aggressive. Well, these are live bacteria, and they don't survive that. They do horribly in stomach acid environment. They can't survive that magnitude of acid. So the concept of enteric coating is the capsule that you're taking has a coating on it that won't let it open in your stomach. And then 
It's engineered in a way. This is sort of food science industry. They do this for mouthfeel of foods and whatnot. But in this situation, the enteric coating will not open in the presence of stomach acid. But as soon as the food bolus enters the small intestine, as soon as it does, your body has mechanisms that it really aggressively neutralizes the stomach acid. It doesn't want that very acidic food bolus burning your whole intestine. So as soon as it enters the upper small intestine, the pH is made neutral. That change from very acidic pH to neutral triggers this enteric coating to now open and release the probiotics into your small intestine alive. The science is very clear on this. You take two identical probiotics, one enteric coated, one not. The enteric coated one delivers greater than five times more live bacteria to your intestine. So I would say those are three really key things to keep in mind when looking for a probiotic. Enteric-coated, refrigerated, and multi-strain. All right. You mentioned the number of bacteria as a dosage uh, nexus, but you also said that there's deterioration from the time that I suppose it's manufactured or bottled or however which way you want to describe it. So when we look at those numbers, are those numbers reflective of what we're actually getting or or is that more reflective of what was originally put in the bottles, if you catch my drift? It's a great question. And really, unfortunately, that changes from brand to brand. So, you know, I would find yourself a health food store that you trust. Go talk to the people there. Do you know which of these brands are labeling their amount at time of manufacture? Because there can certainly be degradation. It'd be a lot less degradation if it's being stored in a fridge. It'd be a lot greater degradation based on how it's transported and how it's stored. Or are they testing the colony forming units, how many bacteria there are, at time of expiry? And you'll find some companies in the industry are checking it at time of manufacture whereas some companies in the industry are guaranteeing that at time of expiry, assuming you kept it in the fridge, it will have the number of bacteria that are claimed on the label. Okay, but that's really the germane number is is what's getting into, right? I mean, that's really what you're looking for, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about somebody who's taking probiotics. Is this... This is prescriptive, right? Like when you're recommending it, you're saying everybody should be doing it and we should be doing it every day, right? This is one of the very few supplements. I have a really short list that I feel you can argue all people should take. This is definitely on the list from a very young age. I'll make that point. So most supplements for kids will say on the label ages five and up. Probiotics will say on the label ages one and up. And the reason Health Canada allowed them to say age one and up is if you actually look at the human data that are giving it to young infants, they actually give it on the first day of life. Wow. This relates really importantly to concepts like you see differences in children and the presence of autoimmune disease based on whether they were born by C-section or born vaginally. So we're talking about trillions of these bugs in the intestine but a fetus intestine is sterile. There's zero bugs. By day three or four of life, they have populations of bugs similar to adults. And so the first inoculation, what is the first bugs that the intestine comes in contact with are what set up and make a home. When the baby's born vaginally, this is just miraculous stuff. The actual microbiome population of the vaginal environment changes in the weeks before delivery 
so that mom now has species of bugs ideal to inoculate a newborn. If the child is born C-section, the first inoculation is the air, and it's the skin of the people in the room, radically different from what is ideal for the newborn. So then you see C-section-born children, much higher rates of eczema, much higher rates of asthma. So human studies set out and say, okay, day one of life, we're going to administer probiotics and see what happens. And you get very large reductions in the likelihood of the newborn getting eczema or asthma when they're administered a probiotic from day one of life. So sweeping applications, really something everyone should take. Safety completely unquestioned. We talked about 10 billion, high dose being 50 billion or 100 billion. There are human studies that have given as high as 3,600 billion, Hmm. 3.6 trillion, extremely safe, etc. And then why do we need to take them long term? which is, should I take them for a month or two, then stop? And the industry loves this, but the answer is no. So none of these bugs are permanent colonizers. They do colonize in your intestines, but not permanently. So if you take this, take this, take this, and then stop one day, three months after you stop, none of the species that you took are still in your intestines. They leave. So the ongoing taking of it maintains these populations. And if you would like me to bake your noodle, this is nuts. The only way a probiotic can be a permanent colonizer is if you were exposed to it in your first week of life. So nowadays, when people are giving probiotics to children and human studies are being done, you took a probiotic from day one of life. You're now 40 years old. Some radical event occurs, IV antibiotics, you know, you radically decimate your population of probiotics in your gut. If you know exactly which probiotic you took as a newborn and you take it again, those will be permanent colonizers. That's the only way to do it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Next month, you're going to be back and we're going to discuss prostate health. Yes? Thanks for having me, Jamie. Looking forward to it.